Welcome to Trending in Education. Mike Palmer here. Very happy today to be joined by Joanna Smith, who is the founder and CEO of a company called All Here. We're going to be hearing all about it and the use of chatbots in K-12, an interesting trend that we're going to dive into with Joanna in a bit. But before we do that, Joanna, I just wanted to welcome you to Trending in Education. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be on the podcast. Awesome. And we're delighted to have you. And you've been doing some really interesting work. We're going to get into the all here part of the conversation in a minute. But before we do that, I like to begin the show with a a rite of initiation for my guests, where I ask them to tell us their origin story in their own words. Can you catch us up on what got you to this point in your professional life? Absolutely. So as context for for folks who, who may not be aware, All Here helps to foster engagement in K-12 schools by connecting the right family, the right student to the right resource at the right time using chatbots that can text. But myself, I got into this work by way of having served as a public school teacher. I taught since an eighth grade math. And I also was a family engagement leader for a Boston charter school network where I got to see firsthand how attendance challenges can really do a number on what our public school systems can do. It was really interesting to me while I was an educator that I was well supported when it came to lesson planning and behavior management, but ended up needing to spend so much time just trying to track down where students were when they were supposedly in my classroom and supposed to be learning. We saw, especially over over the past year, that attendance as an issue has only gotten worse. So pre-COVID, about 8 million students nationally missed a month or more of school. But last year and beyond, that's jumped up to, in some cases, over 25 million kids. And traditionally, the ways that schools take family context into consideration when trying to figure out how to help kids is very hard and it leaves both kids and and their parents less willing to engage. So Mm -hmm. I started the company as a way to really deal with the problem that I was facing. Right. Yeah. And you were mentioning as we were setting up here that prior to the arrival of chatbots and solutions like all here, this work was left to teachers like yourself back in the day and or was just left not being done. Can you expand on that a little bit? How were you handling attendance gaps when you were teaching and when you were heading up engagement for the charter schools? Sure, so the first few years of the company's history, we were doing a a slightly better scaled version of what I was doing as a, a teacher, supporting families with human intensive, often in-person intervention. So think Mm -hmm. of everything from walking school buses to tutoring programs and mentorship work, all focused on making that face-to-face contact and sometimes being able to supplement that with things like mailing postcards and making phone calls and visiting families and kids at their homes to get them back on track. That's not scalable 
something that is more scalable is automating chatbots and doing some of the design thinking around that solution. Can you shape up how chatbots are part of your universe and, and maybe give us a little bit of context around that technology and how it's been used? Sure. So not only are in-person interventions and in things like mailers and postcards hard to scale, but they also don't tend to work that well. So only 6% of parents in grades K-12 access email on, on a daily basis, and only 40% of parents will access mail. However, 98% of families are willing to open and answer texts, mm -hmm. but it can be still hard to try to implement that as a form of supporting families and kids at at scale. And when it came to chatbots, and just for shared context for folks, a, a chatbot is a piece of technology that can mimic human conversations. If you have a cell phone, if you've interacted with Siri or Alexa or the like, you've likely interacted with the voice version of a chat bot. So in this mm -hmm. case, the bots that we use are like Siri, are like Alexa, but they only text, they don't talk. And we saw a window of opportunity, especially with COVID, to leverage the latest research on family engagement and chatbot technology to transform what the intervention and support process might look like. And in a matter of months, we launched the first bots that were powered by conversational AI to address the problem of absences in K-12 schools. Yeah. I was looking at your website and it's very conversational and it does pick up on cues that make it feel like you're talking to a human. Can you expand on that a little bit? Because it did seem like there's some, I, I mentioned design thinking is a, a macro trend that we talk about a lot on the show, but it does seem like there's some thoughtful design that goes into making it feel like you're interacting with a caring human on the other side. There is. There's a lot of work that's that's gone into infusing conversations with not only an evidence basis. We're the only company that serves K-12 schools that, that offers a bot that's had a randomized control trial or an RCT done to show impacts on attendance, grades, and retention mm -hmm. in K-12 schools. But you have to remember that when rolling chatbots out to families and kids, that these are people and it shouldn't feel as if they're talking to a piece of tech, but rather mm -hmm. as if they're talking to a caring adult or a positive extension from school. So oftentimes our bots take their names as cues from school or system level mascots and it imbues them with a sense of having a positive presence that's an extension of school, but doesn't have the identity of any specific school staff member. Mm -hmm. But by grounding those conversations with that sense of positive identity and the sense of empathy in the conversational flows. It, it creates environments where not only can families and kids get supported and feel supported 24-7, but also one they regard as an empathetic space to tr troubleshoot any challenge, any barrier, any blocker that's keeping them out of class. Yeah, makes sense. It is interesting to me when there are cases where humans feel more comfortable talking to 
a bot or AI. I remember we had someone on uh, the show a little while back talking about using simulations and that people interact differently and they feel a little more comfortable when they know that they're interacting with technology, but the technology feels empathetic and supportive. Uh, is that borne out by your experience? When folks are interacting with these chatbots, they know it's not a human on the other end. Correct. Yeah. Think of a, a chatbot as being able to serve as an empathy engine when the bot can deliver relevant information and answers to questions in real time by practicing active listening at scale. It has to be able to analyze data, to route conversations to a human when, when it's appropriate, and to cultivate a real trusting relationship with the recipient mm -hmm. to improve that conversation. It's a real use case where technology and empathy can come to meet. Yeah. I'm a big fan of talking about centaurs. That's something we've talked mm -hmm. about on, on the show in a couple of different contexts coming out of chess, where when a human is paired with artificial intelligence, they frequently perform better than the human alone or even the AI chess master. This seems like that in a different context where there is a blending of humans and technology, I guess in two ways. One is the design of it to begin with, where I imagine you need folks like yourself, educators and people who understand the contexts in which families are living their lives and where attendance problems surface so that you want to design it the right way. But then you were just touching on the other side of it where you can't leave the chat bot alone responsible for this stuff that there needs to be uh, a backstop in that there are humans on the other end who can manage the scale. But when it gets beyond what a chat bot can do, there's an opportunity for the humans to lean in. Can you give a little more uh, context around how the humans and the technology relate on the design side, on the all here side of this? Sure. The goal is never to use a chatbot to undermine or replace an educator, a counselor, or a staff member. Instead, the goal is to save their time for the most meaningful of interactions that truly require it. So as opposed to an, an educator or a counselor needing to call families or leave voicemails or send letters and mail out postcards. Instead, what they're able to do are let the chatbots handle that universal prevention and some of those targeted intervention focused types of conversations. And when a chatbot conversation, I should say, gets routed to a human, either by virtue of it being a priority topic or going beyond the scope of what a bot can answer, that educator, that member of the uh, staff can immediately immediately go into having a rich, supportive conversation with that family, with that child, as opposed to needing to spread themselves super thin. Mm -hmm. So we found that even with the best and the most well-trained bots, it doesn't replace the role of an educator or a staff member that has that local contact, who has that relationship with that family or with that child. The best relationships are exactly like the um, centaur-like ones where you 
have both that are working together to get families and kids the the uh, support that they need when they need it. And the other thing I'll quickly add there that chatbots can help educators to extend what aspirations or the pursuit of equity can look like in real life. Mm -hmm. Because when I was a teacher, I can tell you, I used to spend 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. at work or working in some capacity, but there are families who need support beyond that school day, Mm -hmm. even if it's an extended school day. And when humans and bots are, are both considered as having critical and important roles on a student support function or a team, what happens happens are that, hey, when school is closed, there's a bot there that can pick up some of that slack. So, So they best work as part of the same team focused on the whole child. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it, as you were talking, it did make me think of my interactions with customer service, where that's my main interaction with chatbots. And frequently, I enjoy having the freedom to a hit it 24 seven, but then B not feel like I'm an imposition where I I imagine that happens a lot with kids and families where they already know the teacher is busy. They want to almost respect those boundaries and or not be an imposition. Whereas if instead there's a chatbot there and they know it's really just there in service of them, I imagine it, it, it makes it easier for people to do some of that outreach. Absolutely. And and especially so for families whose only capacity to do that outreach is after school hours or on the weekends as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also important these days to protect our educators, which in many ways that does seem foundational to the mission of all here, uh, even coming out of your origin story, you know, like our, our educators are stretched these days. And if you add to that the pandemic, which is the other thing I wanted to take an extra beat on with you as well is the impact of the pandemic to this. We've talked a lot about just the trauma and the challenges that we're all facing. And then in particular, frontline educators are really in the thick of it. I imagine all here is giving some relief to our teachers, and then also allows them to focus on higher touch, higher yield activities. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And then can you expand a bit on what the pandemic's been like? Absolutely. I'll say at the beginning of of COVID, when schools first shut down, internally, we had this moment of what do we do next? (laughs) Because I think that we always try to not only build bots that have empathy, but to lead with it ourselves. And it seemed a little disingenuous at at the outset of COVID to be selling a product or partnering with schools around a product around attendance Hmm. when they were solving big questions about what does it mean to transform what instruction might look like or or what does it mean to support families and kids in these times when when so much was, was up in the air. So the very first thing we actually did during COVID was huddle as a team, talk talk to some of our school partners and just listen about what challenges that they were facing and what they would find to be authentically helpful. And sometimes what was authentically helpful was just listening. But we started to get enough feedback that one of the earliest things that schools were trying to do in the wake of COVID was establish meal pickup services, whereby families and kids, especially those who may have been experiencing a 
some capacity, food insecurity, mm. could get access to meals. And what the All Here team created, we had a weekend hackathon internally and emerge with a meal finder where any family, any student could enter in an address for absolutely free and surface the meal pickup locations that were closest to them. And we sent it out to partners and, 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 and to prospective ones as well. And it got millions of hits in terms mm. of who just found it to be helpful. And for us, as we earn that trust by virtue of just trying to be a good citizen in, in ed tech, it, it made us a trusted partner for helping to take schools on an evidence-based but innovative and novel journey of what the next phase of this work could look like yeah. in terms of absenteeism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe a, a quick note on absenteeism. Have you been able to get more insight into that problem. Do you understand what are the causes of absenteeism and are there opportunities to start to to mine the data that you're capturing here to to get at some of these root causes? Yeah, last year the company made its first acquisition and it was the technology assets of a researcher named Dr. Peter Bergman, who's a professor of economics and education from Columbia University. And we'd been involved in network over the past several years around using texting to improve absences in K-12. And Dr. Bergman specifically found a significant information gap between the number of absences parents think have happened and the actual number of absences for their child. Mm. And by gently and persisting closing that information gap with with automated personalized texting that's one-to-one, but at scale, his research produced significant gains in attendance, grades, and retention. So that information gap is one of the areas that we tackle in terms of the drivers of absenteeism, but there are others as well, whether it's food insecurity, transportation challenges, health challenges, mental health challenges. I think the advantage of a chatbot is that they're not limited in terms of the number of personalized conversations that they can have at scale. So we can have those conversations that are personalized with each and every student, each and every family to identify what the primary driver is of absence for that family and then connect them to the right resource at the right time. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And what else do you see on the horizon for this type of technology uh, beyond attendance? What other applications? There are so many applications. In fact, one of our amazing school partners out of Michigan used their bot last year to answer questions about student attendance, schedules, IT support, homework assignments, and it ended up freeing up hundreds of hours of teacher and leader time and reach more families where they prefer to communicate, which is via text. So I Mm -hmm. think if anything, we were just even more excited than ever that the timing seems to be right for schools to reimagine how they support and how they communicate with parents and and how they communicate with kids as as well. And, And similarly, internally, as the kinds of support that families are asking for and and that they're offering has evolved beyond absenteeism. So have our aspirations for what the future of this work will look like. And ultimately, my vision is to see 
all here serve as a personalized advisor to every single student and every single family that can respond to their questions in real time and proactively help them to and through school. Yeah. And where do you look for inspiration and ideas outside of education? Are there trends in conversational chatbots or other sectors that are relevant to you so that you can stay inspired and continue to provide the vision for all here? Absolutely. So I actually look outside of education for inspiration a lot. I look a lot at organizations that seek to impact outcomes in healthcare because I think there are a lot of parallels that can be drawn from efforts to to implement platforms to facilitate a um, healthier practice, a smarter research, and a better patient experience in real-world health and what it means to unlock the promise of one-to-one interventions in education. So I take a lot of inspiration from applications of technology and of AI in health specifically, but also draw inspiration from the world of robotics, the world of be behavioral science, and really any field that's able to improve impacts at scale using not only a research basis, but by also being able to be at the bleeding edge of tech as well. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't thought of it until you mentioned it, but the behavioral science component you mentioned before, nudging folks in the right direction and building that into the design of the chatbots makes a ton of sense. As a former teacher and now a founder of an ed tech company, do you have any advice for other ed tech entrepreneurs, potential entrepreneurs, or just educators in general? Absolutely. I would say that educators are entrepreneurs in their daily practice, even if they don't get recognized for being as as such. For myself, I, I started this company because I really was trying to solve a problem and was frustrated at, at the level of scale that I was having an impact and wanted to go further faster. Mm-hmm. So I would say that for educators who are solving problems on a daily basis and, and having an impact, the world needs what you're building and you should feel inspired to go after it each and every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So we're getting close to time here. Uh, Joanna, it's been wonderful having you on. I always love to ask my guests as we're wrapping up, what else is emerging? You just touched on a lot of domains that are interesting, whether it's robotics or behavioral science or the the blending of technology with humans, all really interesting stuff. But is there anything new and interesting out there that's capturing your imagination that you want to leave our listeners with? This is back to school time, and I've become really inspired by the persistence and just the pure, innovative, enterprising spirit of schools and school systems who are really listening to the voices of their families and their students, even if that conflicts with whatever the dominant political ideology is in their own state and Mm -hmm. are coming up with policies that are trying to preserve health for as many kids and families as possible. I just was reading earlier about one example of a school system that changed its dress code so that masks are permissible and Mm. can be worn by kids. And I was like, what a way to to get around what can sometimes be blockers to preserving the the health of kids that have nothing to do with 
what the science says. I, I, I get inspired just by the work of everyday heroes who are working to get kids into schools as safely as possible. And for those who have already gone back to school and have had to make some tough choices to preserve the health of their kids and preserve the health of their educators. I just have the, the utmost admiration for uh, them. But that's what I'm into these days, or just reading those stories of everyday educators who are doing their best to help move children and help move families through what seems to be a pandemic where the end isn't yet in sight. Yeah. If folks are inspired and they're curious about all here and whether it makes sense for them and their their kids in their school district or if they're educators or if they're administrators, how do they learn more about you and the team? Absolutely. Feel free to reach out at any time to me by email, joanna.smith at allhere.com or, or head over to the all here site at allhere.com. Send us a note there and one of our experts will be in touch. Awesome. Any concluding thoughts as we're wrapping up here, Joanna? You are an inspiration in that you were able to turn your personal challenges as an educator into a solution. And now it's a solution that is scaling and is solving problems for families and, and children out there and educators who are, are really taxed these days. But any parting thoughts as, as we conclude here? As we conclude, I would just like to say thank you for, for having me on. Sometimes when you're in the thick of the work, it's hard to pull the, the inspirational power from it, but it's opportunities like these that really give me an opportunity to step back and reflect that makes me so appreciative of how far we've come and so excited for all that is in front of us. So all of the things are mine. Wonderful having you on. Joanna Smith is the founder and CEO of All Here. You can check them out at allhere.com. Really interesting work applying a new and emerging technology to solve real problems for families in these trying times. Thanks again for joining. For our listeners, thanks as always for listening. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, uh, write us a review, tell your friends, share the good word. We'll be back again soon. This is Trending in Education. Oh,